record this many of us are living in a global lockdown very surreal lots of alone time i hope you're all finding peace and also some pleasure in amongst it uh, for the next 15 20 minutes or so i will be taking you through the life of someone really 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 special when i create these kind of like potted histories i always get a bit obsessed with the artist because that is sort of the way when you really look into someone's back catalogue but i was already quite enamored by missy elliott so i didn't think that was gonna change massively however there's something about tracking through her life and the number of different ways she's challenged the system and challenged what was normal and what she's had to face as a human being around that as well that has made me an absolute super fan not only is she a remarkable musical artist but also a remarkable visual artist and an incredible producer she really encompasses every trait that can make someone great she's a true icon of femininity and all the different ways you can push yourself as a creative and as a woman. I'm very glad to have been alive at the same time as Missy Elliott, and if I've done my job well, you will feel the same way at the end of this. Before I get into the detail of Missy, I just wanted to let you know a couple of other ways we're bigging up the women in rap. So if you go over to my SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash slash Lex on the decks, there is a mix series there and it's pinned to the top of my account. So you'll see it as soon as you land on there. I have some amazing DJs from all over the world who have created mixes of predominantly female artists. Some of the mixes, like the ones from Sophie and Rose God, are very hip hop, rap, kind of turn up club vibes. And then there's some more house, kind of funky house mixes as well. The thing they all have in common is quality and yeah, head over and check them out. As I can't actually play music on most podcasting platforms, this is just a way for you to discover new music and more MCs outside of this podcasting setup. Ladies, listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls with Lex of the Dead. We in the mix. It's fire. We are fire. From London for the world. Let's go in. On a summer Thursday in 1971, Patricia Elliott from Virginia on the east coast of America gave birth to a little baby girl who she named Melissa. For Melissa's early life, first half of primary school roughly, her dad was in the Marines and for that period of time her life was great. Her and her mum lived together in Jacksonville in North Carolina. Missy was at school in the days, enjoying it. She was quite notably above average intelligence for people her age, which meant she got accelerated not just one, but two years above the rest of her class. Apparently, the acceleration made her feel very isolated and she didn't like it. So she deliberately failed until they moved her back down, which is early signs of Missy finding ways to tell the system to get fucked. Her dad left the Marines and the three of them, so Missy was an only child, moved back to Virginia. Some of the things Missy had to go through in this next period of her life were pretty horrendous. The family lived in very real poverty, often without running water. She remembers waking up one night with her dad beating her with a newspaper because he was trying to kill mice that were like running on her. The bigger issue, though, was that her dad was violent towards her mum. So much so that Missy wouldn't stay at friends' houses because she was worried that if she did, she would come back to find her mum dead. The culmination, but also eventual freedom for Missy and her mum, came when her dad actually pulled a gun out on her during an argument and Missy escaped and ran to her uncle's house, who came round and wrestled the gun off her dad. That was pretty bad. 
in this period of time when she was there, she also suffered sexual abuse for a year when she was only eight years old by a cousin. So eight, you really don't know what you're experiencing at that age, which is why it went on for such a long time. With all these things that she went through, listening to music was a really powerful outlet for her and a way to escape. She had a really big imagination and big dreams, and these she held onto to transport her beyond her current situation. When she won an award recently by the Songwriters Hall of Fame, she did shout out Virginia as her hometown and say, you know, it was the best. So she definitely has processed everything that she went through very well. So, Missy and music. In 1991, when Missy was about 20 and had graduated high school, she formed an all-female R&B group called Fazy. She became very focused on them getting a record deal and believed in their abilities to do so. So she hatched a little plan. They'd obviously been practicing and crafting a lot and working on their sound. And then when her favourite band came into town, which was an all-male R&B group um, called Jodeci, but whose leader extended into signing other artists, Fozzie went to the gig dressed as Jodeci. They used that and their charm to get backstage and perform for the group, and it worked. They got signed and started recording under Devonte Swing's label. Uh, Devonte, who was the part of Jodeci. So you know how most first jobs are a bit rubbish? Like you work so hard and you try so hard in the interview to get in and then you finally land it and it's just horrible. Like you're treated really badly. You end up spending 50% of your time making coffee. People are unwelcoming, etc., etc. It can be exactly the same way for artists in the music industry. Often their first shot, their first kind of record deal is actually not good in so many ways. And for Missy's band, who had been renamed Sister when they signed... They were relocated to New York, where they lived in a single two-story house with 16 other artists signed to the label. And this was kind of that. It wasn't really generally a great time. Fun little fact for you. One of those artists was Genuine, who sang Pony, you know, wah, 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 that song. Um, and it was produced by someone who also was in that house in New York and who we'll talk about shortly. Anyway, during their time at the label, it was uh, it was quite a tense environment and... It eventually culminated in everyone in the house being called in for an urgent meeting because the tension was just at that point. And the leader, Devonte, came in apparently ranting and throwing chairs around and just being really aggressive. And his bodyguards were um, getting right up in the faces of the other artists, encouraging them to kind of start something, just being straight up aggressive, like really physical. That would not be a good situation for most people, but for Missy, who had gone through years of seeing the violence done to her mother, it was just too much. So after about three years of trying to make her group, you know, move her group forward in that space, she walked out and she went back home to her mum's. But she didn't walk out on music. She walked towards one of the other people she'd taken with her to Devonte's squad, a DJ and producer she'd met in high school. And during her time with the group, someone called Tim Mosley. Missy let me, gave me confidence. She let me know that your beats is dope. She used to hear it and sing over it, and that just, like, bugged me out. Like, I never heard that. I, I still, and it was like, what is this? So she introduced my ears to melody. And that's what I start hearing, melody and, and something. I start understanding rhythms of what I was doing. But it was her that kind of introduced me to being who I am today. You may not know who Tim Mosley was, but you'd have to have been living under a rock to not know who he became. And that is Timberland. Missy and Timberland met, and she describes them having a very natural and very special chemistry, both as people and as creatives. It was a completely harmonic relationship, 
uh, with Timberland in the studio, Missy came back to music away from the group. So while you may know Missy as an artist, you may not know that she was really a producer for much of her career as well. And when she left the group, her and Timberland were signed as a production duo, essentially. And I mean, the number of influential names throughout this episode will only grow. But um, the artist that Missy and Timberland were first set to work on was Aaliyah, who was working on her second album at that point. Timberland, alongside Missy herself, has produced the vast majority of Missy's work and something I spoke about in an episode that's coming up with uh, Shireen was the importance of finding the right producer as an artist. Like if you look at the career of Jay Huss right now, pretty much all of his work has been produced by J5. What working with Timberland meant for Missy was that she was always working with beats that were infectious and that she vibed off. It was creatively very enriching. She wasn't being forced to work with sounds that she didn't want to. They just got each other and they knew what they wanted to create. And Missy is such a visionary that they both create in this very freeing way where they just kind of make sounds and see if it's moving them. It's very much for them an art, not a science. Like, am I feeling something? And if I'm not feeling something, then no other people aren't going to feel something. It was definitely God's gift to put us together. Together we would, you know, we was unstoppable. Before going into the deep depths of Missy's artist discography, I thought you may be interested to know she's done a hell of a lot of work as a writer or producer for other artists. So I already mentioned Aaliyah. Okay, I need to breathe for this. She's also worked with Diddy, Mariah Carey, MC Light, Raven of That's So Raven, Whitney Houston, the soundtrack for Why Do Fools Fall In Love, the soundtrack of Honey, Mary J. Blige, TLC, Beyonce, Sierra, she co-wrote One Two Step, Fantasia, Lizzo, Monica, Keisha Cole, Jennifer Hudson, Normani, Eminem, Janet Jackson, and the Lady Marmalade cover with Pink, Mike Christina Aguilera, and Lil Kim was also produced by Missy Elliott. What? Stop! <laughs> no, I ain't done yet. <laughs> okay, so it's time to talk about what Missy is most known for, her work as an artist and MC. While Lauren Hill, who we looked at last, a couple of weeks ago, uh, really created most of her revered work on one album, Missy's is really spread out. She's released six studio albums in total with singles and other work sitting around and outside of that. But we'll start with number one, Super Duper Fly. Missy's experience in the group and this early dip into success came with a lot of negative stuff. So when she first returned to music, she was ready to just focus on production. There was the craziness of Jodeci that I spoke about and the aggression, but it was more than that. She was told essentially that she didn't look like a star, that to be successful, she needed to fit a certain package and she didn't come in that package. She didn't have a washboard stomach and she was only five foot one. And uh, she said it was Mary J. Blige who actually said to her, scrum, you don't need to be anything different than what you are because you are very special and you're a star and you don't need to be skinny to be a star. So when she released her first solo single, The Rain, of her first studio album, Super Duper Fly, co-written and produced, of course, by Timberland, she was so ready to show the world what Mary J. Blige had said was true. Conversely, in the lyrics, she's saying, me, I'm super fly, super duper fly, which is so confident. And then in the video, she wears a giant bin bag to make herself physically even bigger than she was. And this was Missy arriving in full confidence and power as a performer and as an artist in all senses if you haven't seen the video for super duper for the rain sorry and you don't know that song please go and listen to it because it really was the launch of missy as her fullest self 
The other big MCs at that time were Lil' Kim and Foxy Brown, both very credible rappers, but they were also both very sexy, very raunchy. And Missy was different. She was cooler, more casual, and there was something kind of fun in that. This album was released in 1997 when Missy was 26. And essentially she had then, from that point, a very consistent stream of albums, releasing five more over about seven years or so. Because her discography is so expansive, I'm just going to call out some of the highlights, but obviously encourage just having a dig around yourself. So, album number two was Derail World, released in 1999. All the songs were produced by Timberland. Uh, the album also featured Beyonce, Eve, Eminem, Lady Saw and Leah and loads of other people. So she was pro-inviting other artists onto her records to level them up. This album was kind of sexy and you see more of R&B Missy. If you want to check out two songs from the album, I would call out Hot Boys, which features Nas. Um, not the makeup brand, as some of my friends thought I was talking about recently, but obviously nasty, notorious Nas. Eve, Eve and Lil Mo. She's a bitch. The song, not Lil Mo. I'd also shout out that track. And also the one with Lady Saw because uh, she's Lady Saw is a dancehall artist and I love that vibe and I like the fact Missy was ahead of the game working there. The video for She's a Bitch is also a treat. Album number three, Miss E, so addictive. Yeah, okay, so I am sorry, by the way, that I cannot play you these tunes, alas. So the third album was the one that brought us Get Your Freak On. It was Missy's second platinum selling album. It didn't actually get to number one in the US or the UK, but it still played all the time. So she's still making money from Get Your Freak On. As Missy tells it, it was actually the last song on the album to get made and Timbaland was convinced the album was done and ready and was frustrated at Missy being like, eh, there's something not done. He was apparently messing around and ended up playing out. And it went from there. As always with Missy, there was an epic video which had cameos from Nate Dogg, Eve, Buster Rhymes, Ja Rule, many more. Album number four. Are you still with me? Good. The next selection under construction was the album that delivered Work It, another platinum selling single. Album number five, released in 2003, it was called This Is Not A Test and it included Pass That Dutch and I'm Really Hot. Uh, Pass That Dutch is the song that features in the Mean Girl scene where Lindsay Lohan falls in a bin. Album number six, The Cookbook, released in 2005. Missy is about 34 at this point and at time of release, she said, I really do think this is my best album. I was in a really great space with this album. I wasn't in a great space with some of the other albums I've done. The two standout singles in terms of fame and lastability from that album are We Run This and Lose Control, featuring Fat Man Scoop and Sierra. This album was the first Timberland wasn't really heavily involved with, but she did say she played him eight songs when she felt like she was in a good place. And he kind of re-steered her and said, no, you've gone a bit off. So he was still a very close friend and confident in her, in her process. So then what happened? After having these consecutive albums and releasing so much music, Missy went pretty quiet from, from a public-facing artist perspective. In reality, I guess there were a few things going on. One was that she she was getting inspired more by production and wanted to work more with other artists. And I think she felt like if she was focused on herself being an artist and trying to push her own album, she couldn't properly work on other people. So she decided that she was in a good place to take a bit of a backseat and just work on other people's stuff. So there was that, which is a decision. Then the other big thing that happened to her is um, she got really, really sick. 
she um she didn't realize initially what was going wrong she started losing a lot of weight and she was shaking and just not um healthy um i'll just like insert a little clip of her saying something that happened with with monica who was an artist she worked with you know i remember not being able to write because i couldn't even lift up a pen. I couldn't even lift up a cup. And I remember Monica coming to my house one time and she saw me shaking like that. And she was like, look, just give me the pen. Tell me, you know, the words and I'll write it for you. In so- 2008, she was actually diagnosed with Graves disease and um, she had to take radiation therapy and like a lot of uh, very intense stuff. And yeah, she just had to take a break. So then fast forward 10 years. Wow. 10 years, that makes me feel old, to her comeback, really, which in many ways was the Super Bowl. Um, she she performed on stage with uh, Katy Perry, who was headlining the Super Bowl. And the thing that was really funny is everyone of kind of my generation or older were like, oh my God, this is insane. Missy Elliott, where's she been? We've missed her. And then the young people who who had, you know, been only been listening to music for the past 10 years were tweeting and saying, who is this like artist that's suddenly on stage with Katy Perry? They had no idea. And she found it really funny. And she says on Twitter, um, I think it's cool new thing, new kids think I'm a new artist that goes to show you that I'm still on fire and will rip down stages 20 years later. So yeah, true. She's still got it. She's still hot. Last year, Missy was awarded the MTV VMA Video Vanguard Award very well deserved and she also started releasing new music again so throw it back was kind of the big tune but also iconology which is a a kind of five track release i think five or six track release working a lot with people like pharrell so and timberland again so still her her same people it's definitely good to have new music from missy um because she always delivers but i think that's probably one of the challenges for an artist like missy and i'm about to dig into the lessons from her but i will say she she doesn't just like make a little summon and put it out. Like if she's making something, it needs to have a vision, a full identity. It has to kind of tick every box. And I think that's part of where she probably ran out of energy of that kind of constant create, release, promote, create, release, promote cycle. So yeah, that's where it's at. So the lessons from Missy that I want to pass on to you as creatives, as people, things that you can take forward into your own life if you want to be successful and just a bad bitch. Uh, So number one, protect your energy when you're creating. Missy records alone. She spoke on uh, Angie Martinez's show recently about how when you're experimenting, creating, you kind of just do weird things and it can take one person in the studio to not get what you're doing and be like, "Eh, what's that? And you might scrap something that's brilliant. And she knows that she would be affected by this, by someone kind of questioning freedom of expression so rather than giving a weaker recording and not feeling free to just try stuff she records alone so even Timbaland has never been in the booth when she's been on the mic doing her recordings and that's what I really love about that is it's like she's taking something which is basically her awareness that she does get impacted by other people's responses and that she she can be quite shy and she's found a way of getting around that she's found a way of overcoming that so that she doesn't have to not make the music she wants to make Number two, thank God first. Missy is, I don't know how religious she is, but she's definitely spiritual and she always thanks God for her blessing. She definitely feels like God is working through her. 
Number three, maintain your relationships. Her relationships with Timberland, with Mary J. Blige, with Janet Jackson, they are relationships that have served her her whole life. Little Kim as well, she always plays Little Kim, her music. Yeah, she's, she's maintained that squad for 20 plus 30 years. Uh, number four, I'm just going to play something here. And that's how me and Tim even had the sound that we had because we didn't listen to radio. We didn't watch uh, TV. So mm. you don't see, you don't hear, you don't mimic. So don't mimic. Be your own self. Number five, go beyond the music. I've mentioned it a couple of times. I probably haven't mentioned it enough. Visuals and the world that Missy creates is so important to her. All of her videos have such a strong identity in themselves and they're like, they're this whole place, this whole world. Uh, it's the same with her image. She has such a distinctive image. And though that's evolved, you know, she still has that huge blingy kind of like cartilage earring and big hoops. Like She knows she has this very strong visual identity and is very keen to experiment with that. Number six, be humble. Missy is still confused by her success because she is so humble. And I'm confused as to why she's confused because she's a legend. But be humble is a good one. Number seven, when you're performing, keep your energy up the whole time. I think part of why Missy went quiet is because Missy couldn't be full Missy, Mr. Mina Elliot. She really believed she was blessed with gifts and it was her duty to deliver them to the world, to make her visions real and share everything she could create. So keep your energy up. (laughs) Number eight, this is the final one. Know your world. What I mean by this is um, Missy understands how her music uh, lives in fan culture and predominantly within the dance community. She won an award in 2019 and she thanked the dance community. Not her mother, not her... uh, She thanked dancers. And how many people have have ever done that? You know, a lot of people's... uh, Artists who are successful are very good at crediting their fans. And this was Missy, I guess, going even beyond that to be like, my music exists because these people vibe to it and it's part of their world. So know your world. Missy Elliott, thank you for everything you've done and continue to do. If any artist listening could vow to be more Missy, then we have got good music coming. And thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this week's show, please let me know. It's nice to hear from you. And rate, subscribe and do all of those things. And stay tuned for next week where we'll be talking M-I-A. Laters! What up, let's? Eyes on the prize, if no surprise, good women were destined to rise. Inspiring, celebrating, uplifting the new generation. Some hot girls, you know the vibe. All the hot girls come alive. Some hot girls, you know the vibe. All my hot girls come alive.